Hello and welcome to the music Welcome back to another lovely episode of the Music Smoothie, uh, or it would normally be lovely, but this time it's filled with blood and gore and pus, and uh, they're coming to get you, Barbara, because this is our super special Halloween episode of the Music Smoothie, and uh, tonight we've got a very special lineup. We've got uh, myself, Laz, and we've got Princeton Vice. Hello? We've got Billy. Billy's dead. Uh, (laughs) Or should I say he's undead? Wasn't that spooky? Did I scare you by uh, coming in seconds after you announced me? The jump scare moment there. Yeah. (laughs) I got you guys. And Fishy. Hello. All right, and I guess uh, first up tonight, it's going to be me, and uh, as usual, I'm woefully unprepared. So let me go back and see what I'm playing. Meantime, we'll pull on one of those spooky soundtracks in the background, like the Haunted Mansion with, you know, chains rattling and thunder crashes. <laughs> or or I could just edit all this out, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> As a quick aside from uh, future Laz, that sound that Princeton just made is the most horrifying thing in this episode, so no further effects are needed. Thank you for that very spooky contribution, Princeton Vice. And uh, remember, Christian fundamentalists, this Halloween season, Satan loves you. Are you ready, Laz? Yeah, I've got a song for you. This one is Lost by Horror Vacui. That's why it took so long to find it? Yeah, I yeah. lost it. He he confused it for the TV show for a second. Now I'm about to lose it in a different way. Woo, spooky. <laughs> All right, here's the song. <laughs> Darkest of the night 
All right, that was Lost by modern darkwave band uh, Horror Vacui. And uh, ostensibly named after the philosophical concept that uh, vacuums cannot fully exist in space. <laughs> and uh, how did that make you feel, Fishy? It was pretty cool. It uh, reminded me sort of of Joy Division with the bass, and a sound. The singer sort of reminded me of Ian Curtis at points, but uh, I don't have too much commentary beyond that. It was all right, but it just kind of sounded like hardish rock metal to me. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, Joy Division vibes from you. Um, Princeton, what'd you think? I really liked it. Um, I unfortunately I'm pretty ignorant of Darkwave, but I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, I'm assuming that's kind of this is a typical song for for this band. It's not an outlier. That's more '80s than the rest, right? Um, honestly, I have not listened to a lot of this band. I um stumbled upon um this artist just a couple weeks ago, honestly, and I I really enjoyed this this track. And haven't had a chance to explore much of their other stuff yet. So, great. Well, I'm gonna check it out myself. I've already let, added to my list. Yeah, I've got notes of, um, uh, like you said, uh, uh, Joy Division, but also remind me a little bit of uh, Synchronicity, uh, Early Police. It felt like you know maybe a little bit of Bauhaus trying to do a mainstream hit for the radio <laughs> uh, with dashes of him. Uh, but no, I really like that. Uh, the one thing that I felt was very interesting to me was the the tempo tempo changed around a lot not like a let's have a break it down section it kind of just varied a little bit here and there and that would be something that would either upon re-listening be something that i find really really enjoyable or just kind of drive me nuts later on um i often joke that one of my favorite uh reggae recording is a, a cover of uh the tide is high and it sounds like the the bassist in the background knows that the studio is going to run out of their time session in, in 30 seconds, and the tempo just gets slightly faster and faster until everyone else has to catch up. <laughs> but no, overall, I really enjoyed it, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, finally, Billy. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I uh, I liked uh, the... I thought all the instruments and all the those sounds um, that are, like, indicative of that um, time period that uh, Princeton was talking about. Um, hearing those sounds, like, synchronicity and everything it, it matched with that uh, darker voice. It's it's just a really fun, like, groovy time. It's I, I wish the voice was a little uh, stronger. I, I feel like this was supposed... To, I feel like it's... It's meant to feel that way uh, with the echoes and the low production and them, you know, sounding a little further away. But I, I, I did want the, I did want more from the voice and from uh, that performance. It, it felt like it was just lacking a little bit for me. But I feel like also at the same time, that was the intent of what they were going for. So. You know, I can't be too nitpicky about that kind of thing at the end of the day. Um, all in all, pretty good track. Yeah, and I mean, that that is like um, sort of reminiscent of uh, absolutely like a, like a Joy Division. 
uh, like like uh, Fishy was saying. So that's yeah, yeah, sort of what they did. So um, yeah, okay. Next up, we have Fishy. All right, um, I'm going to play Isolated by Kai. I believe it's pronounced Chiasm first. Uh, I learned of this song in a game called Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. It's the basically the theme for one of the central hubs in the game, and I've listened to it several times in isolation getting ready for this one, and I think that even without the mental image of a bunch of vampires and shit dancing around, I think that it still holds up as a spooky Halloween song. And let's see, I know I copied it somewhere to where I could get it to play right this time. Alright. Uh, does it send shivers down your spine? Oh, it fucks my spine up. <laughs> Mostly because I imagine trying to dance to it. All right, here we go.
right. That was isolated by Chiasm, I believe. Um, it's featured pretty prominently, again, in the game Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines. Pretty old, but it is cool to see a bunch of vampires and ghouls try to dance to this in early 2000s graphics. Uh, let's start with Laz. What did you think? Yeah, um, yeah, it is Chiasm. I looked it up. Um, yeah, I I really like this this track, and I could definitely see this um, being featured prominently in a video game. It uh, definitely has that uh, uh, kind of frenetic energy to it. Uh, but yeah, it's um, I uh, initially uh, pegged it as like a um, a trip hop uh, song, and I, I feel like that's accurate. Um, Although she refers to her own music as industrial influenced electronic, so uh, either way, I um, I had a great time during this. I um, uh, structured pretty well, although I, I I did start to like maybe lose a little bit of interest towards the end because I I felt like maybe it dragged a little bit too long. But other than that, I I really liked it. I uh, I thought it it maintained a great energy throughout. Yeah, that's fair. It can go on a little long, I agree with that. But uh, also, to the point about it being good video game music, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure a lot of her uh, early discography found its way into various video games. So I think you can find her in several games if you look. Uh, let's go with Princeton next. Sure. Um, so uh, I enjoyed it. Um it it definitely feels like a love letter to Trent Reznor, um, in that early Nine Inch Nails kind of style. Um, I really feel like there's a really good core of a song in there. Uh, if you were to do it as something main, you know, do a cover of it, for example, in, or a remix, it might be good to add some different levels in there. You know, we always joke of Skrillex having the exact same build up and dropping the bass, but there's a reason he does that is because it does have. Uh, kind of a climatic um, rise and fall throughout the song. Of course, it's background music. It's not supposed to have a rise and a fall. It's supposed to kind of feel continuous. It's supposed to set the mood. It's supposed to set the tone. And I'd say it's not supposed to steal the focus. And I'd say it succeeds 100% at that. So awesome job. Um, would I perform at a karaoke? Probably not. But I would totally put this on a vampire party track or, you know, music when I'm uh, to listen to in the background while I'm writing. That'd be fantastic. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think it is primarily, like you said, dance music, background music. So yeah, it's, I totally get that assessment. Uh, Billy, last but not least, what did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought that it had a good ambiance with that like kind of spooky background, um, the the kind of ooze. Uh, I I there was the that electronic kind of thumping that went along with everything and it was it was very groovy and e easy to ride with i liked her voice a lot and i i just thought this was overall really good um fun track to listen to it really i i think it, it you did a good job at pegging something that um felt very much like halloweeny um not that I'm not that Princeton didn't do a good job too, but I uh, I really liked this track, um, especially. 
Um, I think uh, I think uh, Laz hit a good point of that it does um, go uh, does um, go a little too far, um, but um, like you said, you know it's meant to be in the background. I think they could have just you know mixed it up a little bit if they were if they were gonna go with that length and um, mixed up just like the the um, industrial thumping or mixed up the the ambiance of the background or just a little bit to keep it interesting for those final you know two minutes but yeah. otherwise like pretty pretty great track yeah yeah for sure one of the reasons i think it got picked for like the hub area music is because it can play on repeat and fold back into itself without it even being very noticeable because it's so you know repetitious so that, yeah that's definitely a fair criticism for it and uh, that was Isolated by Chiasm. I believe Billy's next. All right. Well, I've got a interesting um, track for you guys. Uh, this is, um, the band is called Evangelicals. Um, they're an indie rock band from um, Oklahoma. You know, I'm, I'm mixing it up a little bit this time with bringing you some more indie rock. Um the, should Quite I make the that? <laughs> should, should I make that joke every time? I bring, it feels like I make it every time. I, I every time I bring a song, I have to make the same joke. So I'm sorry. Um, they've released two uh two albums um alone. They don't have that much of a following at this moment. Um, but they are a very energetic um enthusiastic band i their their sounds are a little on the weirder side uh, i'll let you guys this this song um in itself definitely is you'll get some of that character but it, it is like a good listen by itself because it um it's a little easier on the ears um but some of their other tracks can definitely be a little bit more abrasive uh they did have a halloween song but it's just not catchy enough whereas this one i i i really this track is just um it's just a fun good uh fun good track i i i will without further ado bring it to you guys I should have typed it up. That's what I did last time. I was just like, I just typed it while I was talking. Can't do two things at once.
Big Shyamalan twist. It was a sad boy song all along. That was Skeleton Man by Evangelicals. What did you think, Princeton? Um, I really liked it. Um, if I had described it to somebody, you know, without playing the track, I would say, imagine you assigned the shins to make a style parody cover of Nowhere Man. So it's kind of got that same slightly episodic vague imagery of of somebody but it feels very shinzy-ish um if this band has not been played on welcome to night Vale, i'll be very surprised um the the most interesting thing that struck me that kind of knocked me out of my just sitting here bopping uh is about halfway through it has this kind of roar sound um uh, and it could have been people actually yelling or screaming but I think it was mostly white noise, for the best I can tell. And considering this is an age where people often do very literal things, like TV shows will constantly have the tinnitus sound when you want the ringing sound of somebody being deafened or actual roar sounds. It was interesting to have such an abstract sound, which seems slightly terrifying in the middle for what's seemingly no reason. So it's an interesting X factor I had considered. Uh, you normally lead with that or end with that, but they put it in the middle for no reason. But... Um, so I'm going to release this one. Uh, it's it's interesting. That's a good point. I actually never even realized that that sound that comes in, um, it, that, it, that is white noise. Um, it, that's a very good point. And I, I definitely, it is kind of really out there that it like comes in the middle, but I, I just love that feeling of the roar just starts ensuing and then bros and then you know out of nowhere it just reaches this climax and then everything becomes so clear after that i i, I like the progression of this song uh immensely what do you think fishy i liked it um i thought it was pretty cool uh, i liked how discordant it sounded like every part sounded very distinct and yet somehow it flowed into the next part and from the last part very well. And 
I also liked how it seemed to be trying to implement like horror stings, except super sped up as opposed to how you normally hear them in movies or something. And against a lot of background music instead of, you know, the typical horror sting where it's silence and then boom. It was kind of neat hearing those little escalations in the middle of a bunch of noise already. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. It was a good Halloween song. Felt kind of spooky. Awesome. Laz, what'd you think? Well, for a sad boy song, it was uh, very upbeat and energetic. Um, I really liked how it uh, it kept building. Like, normally, I feel like a lot of indie rock, it sort of, like, um, hits its stride and then stays there by the you know the um the core the first chorus or the you know the second verse and it just sort of like maintains that level or um tapers off over time but i felt like this kept building until the end and it, it almost like crescendoed and i i really appreciate that about this um and and yeah like it's um sort of it's got like an infectious energy to it and i i uh yeah i, I really liked it and I, I liked the um the the screaming vocals and uh yeah the 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 overall spookiness of it and the 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 noise level it uh just all came together and it was a pretty good track awesome yeah nice i definitely agree with your point all right, and we're going to have uh, Dave closing off round one. Also known as Princeton, just for people who... Oh, who... shit. Sorry, my bad. Princeton. No worries. I go by both, but uh, just for people who are like, who's Dave? Is there a surprise guest? Oh, no, it's just Dave. It's just Princeton. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, uh, this one's going to start with a, a little bit of a long thing. Um, as I claim to be the self-proclaimed uh, resident expert on Gothabilly here, I thought I'd put my money where my mouth is and actually share a Gothabilly song on the podcast. And I know that many of the other horror, I'm sorry, and many of the other hosts here uh, probably know a lot about it, and so do our listeners, and probably know more than me, but I thought I'd give a quick summary of the subgenre genre in case people don't know it. Um, best way to explain it, I think, is probably to start at the beginning. You have early rock and roll, you know, started with rhythm and blues artists like uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp, B.B. King, Little Richard, which was then co-opted by white musicians like Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and Buddy Holly. Uh, at the beginning, that is collectively what's called rockabilly. Um, this would later split into kind of country music and early 60s rock, like the Beatles and stuff. Uh, but, Bacca, but rockabilly was kind of the missing ancestor uh, link of both of them, really. All right, next. Uh, fast forward to about the mid-70s. You have the punk movement, which kind of returned to the bare-bones uh, roots of early rock and rockabilly, uh, but this time with a lot of anger and a lot of anti-establishment themes. Well, it's no surprise that a lot of these edgy punk bands are also fans of horror genre, which is a really edgy genre. Uh, you ended up with a lot of gruesome songs inspired by horror characters and themes. Um, the Meteors, for example, had their song in 84, uh, Michael Myers. Um, this became its own subgenre with groups like The Cramps um, and was generally given by musicians and critics and stuff like that, um, uh, the term psychobilly. Well, fast forward one more time to the 90s. We got Rockabilly and Swing kind of has a, a revival. Um, and so does Surfer Rock. And what do people commonly associate with Surfer Rock? Well, can't be B-movie uh, horror flicks. And so this retro aesthetic of pinup girls and, and hot rods and, and camp uh, kind of gets fused with 
90s uh, goth and punk culture, and you end up with something that's people generally call gothibilly today. Um, I think, as Laz mentioned earlier um, to me before we, we started, uh, the Cramps actually called themselves gothibilly, but nowadays gothibilly is kind of, kind of slightly more gothish, if that makes sense. A little bit more laid back. Um, so to sum up, uh, gothibilly and psychobilly are kind of two ends of the same genre spectrum. It's just psychobilly took an angular detour, or alternatively, you'd say gothibilly is psychobilly that went back to the well a second time, preferably speaking. Make sense? I hope you're taking notes. There's going to be a quiz. Uh, everyone take out your number two pencils. What about Elvis? What? Oh, Elvis. He was rockabilly, really. No. Not... Yeah. He, he was goth? Um, only in his velvet stage. You see, uh, picture uh, Elvis wearing guy liner. Yeah, I could totally do that. Um, how do you know he didn't? I don't. Yeah. Put enough product in his hair. I mean, well, I feel like uh, when the cramps um, uh, coined the term gothabilly and referred to themselves as gothabilly, it, it was more of an aesthetic thing at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like they were playing uh, really um, psychobilly, but you know, it, but with like a lot of goth imagery, really. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think another term they coined for themselves was um, uh, voodoo rock which was also the name of one or two of their songs. So, Yeah. 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 Uh, another influence, a big influence on that is um, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Um, um, I'll Put a Spell on You, um, which is ten times better than the version of Hocus Pocus. In Hocus Pocus. Um, yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, so the song I picked right here uh, is going to be, a, a, I thought the best way of showing this would be to show a, a cover song that most of our listeners have probably heard. Because uh, one of the best ways to demonstrate a musical style is to compare and contrast something you know with a brand new twist. Uh, this is a band called the Hormonauts, uh, an Italian group with a Scottish frontman, uh, active from uh, 99 to 2010. Uh, and this is a cover of My Sharona by The Max.
just a matter of time. All right, that was My Sharona by the Hormonauts. Uh, let's start with Laz when he's ready. Uh, did you have any thoughts? Uh, f- funny thing about uh, Screamin' Jay Hawkins, he hated being called Screamin' Jay Hawkins. This is he- true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking about it. Um, yeah, like, uh, um, I remember he, um, I-, I read somewhere he said that uh, they don't call James Brown Screamin' James Brown. Uh, this is true <laughs> but anyway uh yeah it's um it's it's funny uh it reminds me of uh like um gs is, is uh really fond of the um chipmunks uh slowed down pop um songs and uh like this this felt like a slowed down version of uh my sharona <laughs> right but it, that's right but it, it it worked you know um i'm i'm not upset about it um, I, I, uh, I liked the, the, the prominent, uh, horn section and, um, yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot to say about it. Uh, but yeah. Cool. Thank you. Um, so, uh, let's go with, uh, Billy next when you're ready. Yeah. I thought this was a very interesting take on the song in general. Um, I, I thought that uh, his voice was pretty much perfect for it. Um, you know, he you could tell that like he could be doing uh, a regular cover of the song, but I, I like that he invented it into his own take on it. Um, very um, interesting take on it as well. And uh, not much else I can really say about it, to be honest. But no, no. That's yes, Um I've heard the singer on other tracks, and his voice is absolutely beautiful on both weird, creepy stuff and actual just straight-up crooning stuff. Um, my personal love is that he did it in kind of an Elvis style, if you ask me. Uh, so he took the ma-ma-ma-my, the stutter from the actual song, and it sounds like an Elvis stutter when he put it in the right context. Um, so, uh, Fishy, I think you are last on the chopping block. What do you think? I think it's really neat that we finally have a creepy version of a song about fetishizing underage girls. But that too, that too. The first song is pretty creepy, and this just doubled down on it. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, I mean it was all right. I could see it being played in, you know, not one of those horror houses that promises to give you a heart attack or your money back, but one of the <laughs> county fair ones that are goofy and fun. And uh, with your explanation. Preceding it, it 
did kind of help me conceptualize the genre of gothabilly. I am so bad at genres. So yeah, it was pretty all right. No, I'm glad you liked. Uh, and besides, labels are just, uh, you know, just for quick categorizing. If you label you me, you negate me, you know, as the old adage goes. Mm-hmm. So, but no, it, it uh, I'm glad people liked it. All right. So uh, I think this we're back a, to the top, right? Yep. This was a hard track that you can listen to your, with your mom. With. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Suppose you good. Yeah. You I listen to, to a lot hard. of horror tracks with your mom. I love to get hard while listening to music with my mom. And Jesus Christ. Are you doing okay, Billy? <laughs> On a personal note, I'm getting sleep tonight, so. <laughs> well, who cares about that? How's RuneScape going? <laughs> it's, it's helping me focus. RuneScape, the alternative to sleep. You can't level up sleeping. Yeah, I'm close to 99 defense, guys. I'm only halfway there. Well, if you're not a level 99 in fishing, go home. All right, so who's the top of the rotation again? Next, uh, it's me. It's your boy. And it's my turn for Indie Rock. So buckle up, Buttercups. I have a, a song for you. Were we supposed to bring seatbelts? Yeah. God's my seatbelt. But we also established your God, right? No. Uh, Jesus is my co-pilot, but only if he's providing uh, uh, gas, grass, or ass. It's a love affair between me, between Jesus and my hot rod. All right, this next song is uh, Right on Frankenstein from uh, uh, Death Above 1979. Okay, are you ready? Aye, aye, Captain. All right, I will proceed then with caution. Ready to rap!
right. That was Right on Frankenstein by Death From Above 1979 off of their 2014 album, The Physical World. And how physical is your world, Billy? I think my physical world just got rocked and I came. Um, it was pretty good. I really enjoyed that track. I I I think you knew I would really enjoy that track too. Uh, I the only criticism uh, that I could really think of is that I wish it didn't end uh, when it ended. I wanted it to just keep on going, but you know, songs can't last forever. Unfortunately, it was uh, just it had uh, that energy that I'd be looking for. I really liked um, that bridge that you're talking about. It, it just was a good way to kind of fuse um, the song together and end it. I That ending was a pretty good climactic way to end it, if you are going to end a song, unfortunately. Um, and it just uh, was, it was a pretty memorable track, I would say, for me personally. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks. That's uh, pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, nothing gold can stay except you. Stay gold, Pony Boy. Wish Pony Boy fucking died. <laughs> it was set in the fifties, so yeah, he certainly died of lung cancer at some point. Um. Okay, Princeton. What'd you think? Well, uh, the first thing I saw is that it took me a moment to realize that um, 1979 is part of the band name and not the year of the song. And so I saw Frankenstein 1979. I was like, wait a minute, this isn't Edgar Winter Group. Anyway, I think that's a little too popular for our show. <laughs> I, I perhaps uh, some people have heard of it. Uh, maybe a, a little too mainstream. I, I, that's a it's a shame. My next song is going to be something you probably never heard of. It's called Thriller by Michael. I think it's pronounced Yaxon. Oh, did uh, was uh, Vincent Price on that song? Did he rap? That sounds embarrassing. Yes, with the Vincent Price rap. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got a sidetrack. Uh, but no, I really like this. Um, not much to add. Um, what hit me is interesting is like uh, Laz mentioned in the chat here. Oh yeah, great bridge. And I was like, yeah, I agree, it's a great bridge. And then they sang over it, so it actually became less of a bridge and more of a second half of the song. And I actually wasn't expecting that. Uh, and the two parts just kind of merged together really well. Um, I would definitely recommend this for fans of, of Muse. It reminds me a little bit of their style. So if someone likes Muse, I would definitely lead them in this direction. All right, all right, fair point. And uh, Fishy, to wrap it up. Well, that was the first Halloween song of tonight that I feel kind of represents the smashing the shit out of mailbox side of Halloween as opposed to the spooky side. Uh, not exactly up my alley, but it was... You know, if I wanted to go around causing trouble instead of getting candy, I could imagine listening to this. Uh, the lyrics, you know, about wanting not to die but to be buried, that goes pretty fucking hard. I wouldn't want to be buried alive, but this guy seems into it, so I guess that's kind of spooky. At least not in the pet cemetery. Mm. <laughs> want to stay down when they bury me. But yeah, it was... All right. I mean, definitely not my type of thing, but I could get up to some mischief if somebody was blasting this on Halloween. My next uh, track is definitely going to be something you could beat your uh, mailbox to. Oh, good. All right, let's hear it. 
Oh, Fishy goes first. Sorry. Oh, shit. You're right. Uh, yeah, Fishy. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Uh, this, let me flip back. Is okay. Eat Your Mailbox a euphemism? No. Not in this instance. I have never once referred to my ex-wife as a mailbox. Oh. Good night, everybody. And all the letters came out. <laughs> Just bills, bills, bills with you. Okay. You stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Still talking about his ex-wife? Uh, okay, this next song is uh, lighter, and it I picked it for the Halloween show because it kind of uh, embodies what Halloween is to me, which is playfully, goofily scary. I, I don't like real hard scares, so this is kind of reminiscent of Benny Hill. It's kind of goofy, it's mildly spooky, but mostly it's fun, which is how I envision halloween when i think of it it's uh addicts by what attics with a t as in the top of the house not addicts by uh ralph band from let me see, 2008 here we go i've copied it this time
All right, that was Attics by Ralph Band, which is the uh, encompassing name that the lead of the act, Ollie Ralph, goes by. Um, let's see. Let's start with uh, Princeton this time, I guess. What did you think? Uh, super bouncy. Um, I just did a quick look at it. It looks like it might be from uh, a background music to a movie. Is that right? Uh, possibly. If so, I've not seen the movie. I uh, A friend showed it to me several, several years ago. Oh, right. is how I know of it. But yeah, I could picture it in a movie. Like I said, it puts me in the mind of kind of the Benny Hill. Uh, uh, you know the one I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, Yakety Sacks. Yeah, yeah, Yakety Sacks. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, I really enjoyed it. It's, the movie, it's called Bunny in the Bowl. It's the same guy who does uh, Mighty Boosh with, you know, Noel Fielding, the guy from, uh, what's it called, Great British Bake Off. Yeah, 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 he was in a couple of episodes of that, the uh, Ralph, Ollie Ralph guy. Uh, he was in the Old Greg episode, in fact. I'm not sure if he was Old Greg. I've not seen the Mighty Boosh in a very long time. I have time. not seen it at all. I just know it by reputation and yeah. know no folding a little. But no, I really enjoyed it. It's it's very circusy. Um uh it it definitely is is right up my alley and um you might like one or two of the other groups I'm gonna be mentioning later on today too. So um pass it on. Coolio. Uh all right, Billy, what did you think? Um I I don't want to be, I, I, it wasn't for me personally. I don't want to be uh, too harsh because there's really not much I can say, but I, it was, um, it was very bouncy. It was very energetic and fun. Um, but I, I felt like I don't have to have like singing in every song, but I, I felt like I wanted more from it, at least more substance, um, at least uh, other things happening in the song. Um, I guess this is just um, something that I can definitely um, listen to and know. Like, I could see how others would enjoy this, but I personally wouldn't be able to listen to this, even if I was doing something else. I'd probably realize after two minutes that this was playing and then say, Wow, um, I'm gonna listen to something else actually. So, um, I I don't want it to seem like I'm shitting on this song, but I, uh, it, not for me personally. Well, you've totally broken my heart. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, it is pretty repetitive, but I mean, it hooks me enough. So yeah, that's totally fine. I can definitely understand thinking that because I mean, it objectively is that. So, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and Laz, what did you think? Uh, well, I, I don't generally think of uh, ascending uh, uh, chromatic scaling while uh, I think of uh, Halloween music. Uh, it, it definitely had a, a bit of an ominous vibe to it. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the sort of thing that I can uh, vibe to any day. I, um, I enjoyed it. Um, apparently a lot more than Billy did, but that's okay. Coolio, coolio. All right, so this is Street Sex, uh, and that's not, um, sex, S-E-X, for you dirty fucks out there, that's S-E-C-T-E-S, 
Uh, this is an American experimental band. Um, they were formed in Texas. Um, I'm sorry, Fishy, but this is pretty abrasive. Um, industrial, um, kind of like screaming vibes. Um, though I think like there is plenty of um, not as harsh notes, at least to this track. And in some of their sections, they do find a good time to uh, be loud and a good time to, you know, also be on the quieter side of things. Uh, maybe not quiet, quiet, but I, I think this is a very cool, interesting band. Um, let's I, I'm obviously going for the more, um, louder, uh, violent side of Halloween. Um, and you know, that's just, uh, you, you gotta get, uh, you gotta have a couple demons and bad guys in there and you gotta crush some mailboxes in there. That's that's part of the fun, isn't it? So without further ado, let's crush some oh, uh I should say that this one begins right away. Um so just be be wary of that. I'm starting it in three, two, one.
right, so that was Featherweight Hate by Street Sex. Um, I I definitely um, not as loud as some of the, some of their other songs, but I I think that this song was more in line with our theme tonight. And I especially like this song is a little bit more, I guess, quieter um, to tell the story that he's uh, aiming to tell on this one. If you're listening to the lyrics, it's definitely one of those kind of uh, <laughs> Shyamalan twisty stories. Not really a Shyamalan twist, but um, where um, he's creating a character and setting a scene and then he... Um, you know, the scene turns out to not be what you'd expect. All right. What did you think, um, Fishy? Uh, not really my thing, but I mean, I think it was pretty effective as a Halloween song. It, uh, I'm definitely going to re-listen to it, if only to get a clear grasp of the lyrics because I was only getting bits and pieces and um you know especially with your addendum it does sound like that you know understanding the lyrics might add to it I will say that the baby in the middle even if I couldn't really make out much of the lyrics just having a baby shriek in the middle of all that cacophony certainly like instinctively raised the tension a little I think so that was an interesting choice, and I think they implemented that well. Insofar as it raised my heart, you know, it inspired a little primal worry, I guess. So, not for me, but it works pretty good as a song to get you spooky for Halloween. And aren't we feeling spooky? What did you think, Princeton? It's really interesting. Uh, I haven't heard a lot like it, so they definitely got huge points for that. Um, the way it kind of just jarringly explodes at the front and then just builds up. Do you know if this is part of like an ongoing, like album-long, you know, master track prog thing, like you know, Dream Theater, or more like this is a standalone track? Do you happen to know? I would definitely say that it's not. I I wouldn't say it's akin to Dream Theater, but I I would say from the album itself that the songs do kind of flow into each other. But definitely, I I when I was I wouldn't say I got Dream Theater vibes at all. No, I meant more of like um, that abrupt crash at the beginning. Is that says do you know happen to know if that flows into the previous song that flows into the current one and then crashes or no? That's the song itself. It starts with a crash. Yeah, that's the song itself. Interesting. Well, to me, it kind of feels... Um, have you ever seen one of those cooking shows? And uh, the chef messes up something, and they always put out the various ingredients on the plate and say, it's deconstructed. It's a deconstructed hamburger. Um, once the, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and sometimes they actually intend to do it deconstructed. Um, that felt like what this felt song felt like to me almost is like it had all of the normal things you have. You have it building, we have a big climatic ending. And then they put the ending first. So you have this interesting crash and then it builds up afterwards, which is really kind of fascinating. Uh the other thing that I found interesting is that it had that drum machine beat so fast. Over and over and over, and you felt your heart beat kind of pacing and almost distracted by it to the point where you're too fast for your brain to kind of follow. And then you start listening to the smooth vocals 
And the interesting thing is it kind of pushes through the other side and that your brain just kind of focuses on the smooth vocals and the pump, 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 pump almost becomes invisible behind it. So it's there's a lot of really interesting different layers depending on where you put your focus on there. It, it completely changes everything around. Um, so I, I, I definitely think there's a... I, I don't think I can like it or hate it based on a single listing. There's a whole lot there going on. But no, it, it definitely feels kind of weird and... And and jarring uh, in Perfect for Halloween. Oh yeah, I I'm glad that you uh, felt like there was. Uh, I'm glad you felt all that that was that was going on in that track. I I think that this band itself um, does a really good job of that, always bringing like new feelings and sounds to the table in that in that kind of manner. Um, it's a very, they can be very abrasive, but I think that's part of the allure for me. Um, one criticism, yeah. uh, the end final build of escalation of, of machine noise and stuff like that, followed by just a drop drop and then random sound of speaking in the background, maybe feel like I was in an airport and I had to go rush, rush to find my gate. Yeah. Well, isn't that, uh, just a jump scare for you? You wake up and you're just at the airport and you're not able to catch your flight in time. Oh God, I got 30 minutes to get through customs. <laughs> uh, good criticism, though. Last, last but not last but not last. Ah, uh, yes, it's uh, definitely the Jacques Tati of uh, music. There's something uh, new to notice after every listen. Um. Yeah, I it's funny at the beginning like we uh the the harsh noise I expected it to be more of like an industrial noise song and then it just sort of like um flowed pretty seamlessly I'd say into more industrial rock um which I I can't really complain it's it's good and um like some people who have been on this podcast I would like to see them live Well I would like to see them dead well, we'll see everyone dead eventually. <laughs> Give me Spider-Man's head. Spider. We love you, Spider. Spider-Man, triple action web blaster. Sold <laughs> <little> separately. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's hear it. Princeton. All right. Uh, second one, I, I will have a, a five-point essay this time. Um, no, this one's easier. Uh, it's not Rockabilly or Goth, uh, so I thought I'd change up a little bit. This is an eerie little song by a group called uh, Charming Disaster. Um, you might have heard one of their songs, uh, Ghost Story on Welcome to Night Vale. Um, they do most of their songs in this kind of slightly creepy cabaret style, um, but they actually have a really wide range. Uh, for example, one of their songs is called Soft Apocalypse. It sounds more pop, like, you know, Apples in Stereo or OK Go, while another song of theirs, Ragnarok, is clearly a, a tribute to Led Zeppelin. Um, I get the impression that they really know their music theory because sometimes they'll intentionally use dissonant harmonies just for effect. Uh, this is one of my favorite one of theirs. It's called uh, Black Snake. And uh, whenever I hear it, I, I personally get some you know haunting vibes in my head all day. So here we go. Uh, Black Snake by Charming Disaster.
My black snake and my donkey keep the predators at bay. The coyotes and the copperheads stay well enough away. The power that protects me is a circle made of salt. But when you come to get me, I won't feel a thing at all. The vultures that surround me ride the thermals up on high. Yeah, ever since you found me, I'm afraid that I might die. The scarab on my pillow whispers vespers as I sleep You saved me from the sparrows, now my soul is yours to keep Come morning we awaken to a garnet-colored sky The mirror cracked and broken, making X's of my eyes Can't turn away the darkness, so instead I hold you tight yeah, ever since you found me, I'm afraid that I might die
That was Black Snake by Charming Disaster. All right. And so I think I'll pick on Billy this time first. Uh, when you're ready, uh, tell me if you have any thoughts. Yeah, I I, I really liked it. I thought it was a pretty good song. Um, I I liked um, their their singing performances. They, they really... Um, were really good just singing i i i i've said this before but i really like their just singing at the same time too um it created that like it, they created that like kind of feeling that i think you were picked this song for just that like that eerie but um kind of discontent feeling that they were both singing at that same time and both just um not in complete harmony with each You're other talking about the, uh, I, the counterpoint I, just in general what yes <laughs> yes i think so uh, no i like that too um, yeah they, they they this one does a lot of of counterpoint and and harmony but there's also a lot of um uh what's the word i'm looking for unison singing and when they're singing the same register together it feels yeah there's this lot of empty space to fill yeah i i wish i could um i wish i could you know encompass it better with my words but no thank you, all, you, you really you're great with your words Good uh let's uh let's hear it from fishy next when you're ready Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I largely agree with Billy. When it first started out with just a, a female lead singer, I thought this might be a little too cabaret, too sultry and silky for my taste for Halloween. But when the guy came in, it definitely did take on a whole other kind of intonation to me. It felt like the pace picked up and everything got a lot more threatening. Uh, first 30 seconds or so i wasn't sure how i was going to feel but as the song went on i got more and more into it so yeah i think overall it was pretty cool i liked it okay uh laz anything to add uh sure i um i really liked the line uh is it just the uh, sleep deprivation or the ergot in the rye uh for th for those of you not in the know uh ergot was a uh, uh, fungus that used to uh, grow in uh, wheat, especially um, rampant during the Middle Ages, and if you ate it, it uh, gave like a uh, hallucinatory effect. Um, not dissimilar to uh, LSD, because um, the active ingredient in the uh, ergot was the um, uh, lysergia, like the um, Lysergic acid diethylamide, which is LSD. Uh, I'm an insufferable nerd, um, but yeah. Well, you cut you cut that line. I didn't. So well done to you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I think you might like their stuff. It's pretty nerdy. Their their latest album is entirely just a tribute to Madame Curie, uh, to Mary Curie, I, our, our Lady of Blessed Radium. Yes, I would. Uh, I'd like that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I like the song. I uh, like Billy said. I like the the use of the 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 harmonies and the counterpoint. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good track. Um, it is it is very creepy. Um, and it's it's a good Halloween pick. I'm glad I I fit the bill. All right. Uh, what's next? All right. Uh, or should you say who's next? Because this is going to be a song by the Who. No, I'm kidding. It's not. Uh, I've never heard of the Whom. <laughs> this really. So we got bonus round here. They're this really obscure band from the '60s and '70s. Uh, yeah, this is our our bonus round uh, for Halloween. We got a little treat for you. We're all gonna do uh, one song more each. B -b -b bonus round, round three, fight. All right, my next song is going to be "Underground" by Sempra, spelled. S X M P R A, and uh, this is a um, uh, rapper who started off on SoundCloud, but now he's starting to get pretty big. Um, so yeah, let's let's listen to this song. But you knew him before he was big, of course. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, but not not in the intentional hipster way. I assure you.
All right, that was Underground by Sempra. What did you think of that fishy? I did quite a bit. Uh, it's the kind of thing my buddy used to have a car that, you know, removed the trunk and put in a bunch of speakers. And it's the kind of thing that would be real fun to listen to in that old piece of shit. You know, I could feel it shaking me on my cheap headphones. I'd love to hear that in a stereo souped up car but yeah uh it's a car in neutral just coast you know half the block with it just the speaker power alone yeah that's the kind of music that he would uh wait till 3 a.m and then drive around the neighborhood with because he's a fucking asshole but it would be fun to listen to especially on halloween that could get you pumped up i think i'd definitely go trick-or-treating after listening to that it was fun i liked it all right, yeah. Um <laughs> that's an interesting anecdote, yeah. Um this is Princeton. Uh, I like it. It's it's interesting because this is the first um horror-ish um hip hop rap artist I've heard uh in a long time since the post dubstep days. Um so I'm hearing a lot of that, you know, modern dubstep uh, rap that you hear a lot more of these days, which is which is great. I'm just not familiar with it. Um, uh, it's really interesting. Um, I kind of uh, wish I could actually hear the lyrics a little bit better because I get the feel, feeling that Semper has got a great sense of flow. Um, uh, it's interesting that as part different rap artists, you probably now have different like uh, rhythmic patterns, like doing it. And this particular trap, um, his was very syncopated, that 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 almost iambic, um, which of course feels like a heartbeat which kind of gets that tense feeling as it goes along, which is kind of cool. Um, if someone wants some old school stuff, if some of these listeners out there and they want old school things, the only thing I can recommend is um, uh, Gravediggers. If you ever heard their stuff, they get stuff real intense and real edgy uh, and violent, but uh, is, is kind of, uh, kind of the, the next level up from this. All right, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's a good choice. Billy. I think uh, Fishy really recontextualized this track for me. Um, I wasn't enjoying it so much until he had his commentary and uh, he gave me that image of what he uh, would do with his friend. And it really put me in the perspective of doing the uh, same thing with my friends that I've done before. Um, you know, we would, uh, I had, uh, a, a good friend in college who had a BMW and he would just, you know, blast these kind of like, you know, loud, like hip hop songs where all you can really hear is the bass and it's like just thumping in your ear. And, um, it, I, it really, when he said that it really put me in those like midnight rides that we would do. And I could definitely enjoy this, like, pumped up, not being able to hear anything else, but just, you know, everything blaring into my ears. Um, in in that sort of context, I, I can definitely see its appeal. Um, here, I, I was hoping, especially as a Halloween track, that it would lead more into that Halloween theme. I, for me, um, it, it wasn't... Um, leading into that theme enough, at least. 
Um, but I, I definitely think that uh, for that context that Fishy was talking about, I think to counter that, I didn't even consider that because we sit here and we often take listen to a song and pick apart this part and that part, and sometimes you just it as a whole, you just gotta feel it really. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it might not be, like, this might not be the best moment to feel that, but there's context in which a song might work and context in which a song might Yeah, work. that makes sense to for me. I mean, like, if I had never had that experience, this probably wouldn't be the kind of thing I listened to, but that memory only came to mind when I realized my body was kind of like, going back into that instinctual state where the whole fucking car is shaking you so I kind of caught my legs shaking and yeah yeah oh I've lost my train of thought well it's like a great man once said my body is a cage but my mind holds the key Abraham Lincoln he said great man oh man (laughs) your mom That was a joke, Abraham Lincoln. I for Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Great. Fishy, what do you got? Um, I was conflicted, but I think I've settled on, uh song called I'm a Stranger Here by the Five Man Electrical Band from 2009. It's from the point of view of an alien coming to visit Earth and realizing that there's not much here for an advanced species and I personally can't think of much that's more frightening than cosmic rejection on that scale so I think it fits with Halloween. It also has an undercurrent of nuclear fear in it so yeah. I think that's pretty scary. Okay, now I've got it typed out. It's I'm a Stranger Here by the Five Man Electric Band.
A string, I'm a stranger here by the Five Man Electrical Band, and um, I know especially the chorus is pretty peppy for a Halloween song, but the entire first choral verse is about how everyone on the planet's fucking doped out of their minds. So I was conflicted, but I thought that the upbeat tempo and the cheery tone they answer in just being a mask that they're uh, wearing over horrible drug addiction to not feel miserable. I thought that was pretty Halloweeny, along with the whole cosmic unworthiness and rejection by superior beings. Um, what did you think, Princeton? That's interesting. Um, I have not heard that one. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be my top ten. Um, it has some interesting elements in there. Uh, you got the nice boogie boogie beat. Uh, you got the the fundamentary. The problem with me is that I'm not a huge fan of uh, unison singing unless it's, uh, or should I say, grand choral singing like that, unless it's to a point. Um, it kind of, when you have too many singers at the same time, it kind of gets some kind of Partridge Family, you know, uh, Main Street singers kind of feel to it. Um, huh. it. It felt like it was somewhere in between where it wanted to be. Uh, if it was a little, if it focused on the boogie woogie, you could have had something kind of dark and creepier, like, you know, I'm the boogeyman. If it focused a little bit more on the sci-fi imagery, you might have had something like, you know, in the year 2525. Um, and and it, it kind of hits somewhere in, it could have been something kind of cute and folksy. Uh, but I think it hit in the middle. So that's my thought. That's fair. I mean, you like what you like. I will say that... Um... Specifically for this, I think the overcrowded chorus can pass. I mean, like I said, you like what you like. I'm not saying you're wrong, but to my mind, because I'm often similar about how big you get your chorus, but the fact that it's meant to be, you know, the population of the planet kind of mitigates it in this one instance for me, if that makes sense. But I can totally understand just not liking that busy of a chorus on principle. That's fair. Uh, Billy, what did you think? Hey, I'm gonna be agreeing with Princeton on this one. I I definitely um, wasn't really enjoying um, the the first half of this the song. However, uh, when it was getting when it was getting close to its close, they they deviated from like the regular like verses style that they were doing. Um, and at the end of that chorus, at the end of that one chorus, the the verse took like a a different kind of instrumental approach, and I think that the song kind of became its own thing, and I I enjoyed it a lot more um, instead of the instead of 
the other instruments and sound that I've been hearing before. I I think that was like um, the that kind of low point that the song was trying to exaggerate, and I really liked that that part of the song. I thought they did a really good job of emphasizing and getting to that closing point. Um, I really just wasn't feeling it at the other um, points of the song and at the chorus. I just, you know, I, I, I wish that I was able to really feel the elements that you were talking about. Like, cause conceptually this is a very interesting song about like those ideas and i think it's especially for halloween you're looking at you know that kind of cosmic existentialism and that like that horror of you know just the doped out like mindless zombie people and being rejected you know cosmically i think that's such a cool concept for you know, a twist on that kind of Halloween, um, thing, um, and I, I love, like, those kind of, like, twists, like, I love it, I, I'm only thinking of Gremlins, because we watched Gremlins yesterday, um, but, like, that kind of twist on Christmas, where it's not, like, just all happy and fun and presents, but, you know, they, they horror horrible stuff happens on christmas people get so depressed on that time of year and i like that kind of that twist on like halloween where it's not always going to just be you know scary spooky skeletons like it could definitely be us being rejected because or it could be us just mindless zomboids because we're all afflicted with pain and we're we're all just doing drugs to make ourselves happier. And under that guise of trying to be happier with dressing in costumes and everything. And trying to compensate it with those kind of um, traditions. But, you know, still being completely unhappy. Um, I I wish that this track could encompass that a little bit more. Maybe that's too much to ask for, but it just, I yeah, didn't That's totally feel fair. I'm glad that you uh, got, at least why I picked it conceptually for Halloween. Um, I'm glad that wasn't just, you know, solely in my head that I was able to express it enough. And uh, yeah, about that, you know, the last chorus and then it kind of switches. I think that's like you were saying, it kind of changes the song a little. Like I said, it was between this and another song. And uh, that was what really sealed it for me when I was making the decision. That twist at the end where it kind of goes off script, I thought it was just the right little kick. And um, I am glad I picked this one instead of the alternate I was considering because that was just a four-minute theme song for a scary thing. So it wasn't exactly conceptually heavy. I'm glad I managed to get one conceptual existential horror thing in, I guess I mean to say. And uh, Laz, what did you think? I liked the track. I, um, I did think it was... Uh, um, <laughs> 
I thought it was I thought it was spooky. Um, I thought it had an. Uh, um, I, I like the uh, um, the deluge of uh, uh, voices and the uh, <laughs> you know the uh, the distorted um, um, synth effects. I um, I I thought it was a pretty good track. Um, all right, uh, Billy, what did you bring next? I liked your first, um, your first uh, opinion. Yeah, well, more that's interesting. Your second Fuck opinion. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me think. Um, so this is Parenthetical Girls. Um, they are a uh, experimental pop band. Uh, they disbanded um, recently. Uh, I think they've disbanded multiple times. Uh, they have always had kind of a revolving door of guests. Um, I'm pretty sure this is just off the cuff. I'm pretty sure that they had um, one of the one of the members of Deerhoof was in this band. Um, they've they've worked with um, and recorded with Shoo Shoo. Um, so I I actually found them through Shushu, and I'll be bringing a little bit of Shushu in probably another um probably another episode because I I like them a lot, uh but I I think that this kind of similar, um uh, discordant kind of noisy pop um this kind of alternate take on pop that like Shushu can bring is um very fun and the reason why I got interested in this band in the first place. Um, this song is a, uh, is a cover of handsome devil by the Smiths. Um, so this is handsome devil by parenthetical.
Handsome Devil by Parenthetical Girls. What did you I think, think I prefer last? the band uh, That Handsome Devil. <laughs> no, it's uh, uh, yeah, it was. Um, I liked how it was occasionally bombastic, but uh, smooth throughout. Um, yeah, honestly, good point. Yeah, I. I totally agree. I thought it was pretty good. What do you think, Fishy? Very difficult for me to fuck up a Smith song. So, I mean, I don't have much uh, memory of this particular song, the Smiths version, but um, I will say that I was impressed by how well she was able to um, pull off that Morrissey warble kind of thing, where, you know, the voice fade in and out. Uh, I feel like that disencourages a lot of people from even trying to cover the Smiths and just for going for it and pulling it off pretty well. I give it extra points. I thought it was pretty good. Nice, nice, nice. And last but not least, and or Thanks. least, but also Thanks. last. I'm going, uh, I'm leaving. Princeton. Um, no, uh, I, to be honest, I actually don't know the original. So it's, it's just like before, I'm curious to see, um, how the original compares to this one, but I'm afraid I don't know it. I just heard it for just a few seconds here, uh, while other people are talking and it sounds, I don't know the Smiths, but it, it sounds at first glance, a bit joy division, y kind of, you know, eighties pop punk. So this is a really huge contrast. So, um, I, I found these, but the piano particularly interesting. You had again, this kind of ding, 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 constant piece playing all the way through it. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of of, of John Carpenter's soundtrack from Halloween. Ding, 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 ding. Um, and they have the wonderful crash of the piano partway through, which which feels 
very melodramatic, but perfectly on point. So I, I really enjoy that. So uh, I'm going to have to check that one out again uh, uh, later on to, to pick it apart a little bit more. Awesome. All right. Good points overall. Glad you guys uh, were able to enjoy it or find something to enjoy about it. Incidentally, um, uh, the tritone, also known as the Devil's Interval, was never a death sentence. No one was ever put to death for this. Um, we did have uh, one track uh, tonight that had a tritone in it, and it was actually Princeton's last track. So, Princeton, uh, please present your next track. Uh, does that mean I'm going to be put, not put to death? Yeah, uh, don't die tonight. Okay, I'll try. Um, so I didn't uh, prep an intro, so I'll try to be quick. Uh, this is a really weird group called the Tiger Lilies. Um, and they kind of do super weird burlesque uh, cabaret-style music. I thought I'd go from light cabaret to full cabaret and out weirdo out the other side. Um, and they do a whole lot of different stuff on 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 life and death and victorians and and prostitutes and but they also do some musicals uh one of which they did in the late 90s based on shockheaded peter or strud peter a a children's book um because dr hoffman in the late 1800s said no we shouldn't um we shouldn't beat our children to get them to act correct that would be cruel instead let us give them little picture books uh, which involve things like children who play with matches getting burned to death, and chil- little Frederick who flies his kite and gets blown away by the wind and never to be seen again, and that way we'll just traumatize them into being good. Um, and they took this as the wonderful fodder for a a musical, uh, and this is the song called Snip Snip about Conrad who sucks his thumbs. Said Conrad, dear, I must go out and leave you here. But mind now, Conrad, what I say. Don't suck your thumbs while I'm away. That great tall tailor, he always comes for naughty boys who suck their thumbs. And ere they wonder what he's about. He's got his great long scissors out Snip, snip, the scissors go Were in a lap, a lap, the door. 
He looks quite sad as he shows his hands. Ha ha, said Mama, I knew he'd come. For naughty little suck of thumb. Snip, snip, a scissors go. that was snip snip by the tiger lilies i'm gonna pick on laz first this time when he has recovered well i have to say that i was uh living in the sunlight loving in the moonlight having a wonderful time aren't we all and uh i will not explain the reference if if you don't get it um you're not millennial enough to have seen the pilot episode of SpongeBob or have been in, the, in been alive in the '60s. Either way, ah, very unfortunate. I need him. Yeah. Ah, it's funny because you explain it. Thank you. Yeah, I made it so funny by explaining it. Chase. <laughs> yeah, there's a little tiny Tim in his strange, weird falsetto singing. I I feel um, like it was intentional, uh, and it definitely adds to the the creepiness of the lyrics. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's what I got. Those are my cool. notes. All right. Fishy, anything? Yeah, I have pretty similar notes. I think it was fun, like really fun. It, uh, kind of put me in the mind of purposefully cheesy and over the top horror movies, kind of like the purge and lederhosen i felt like because it was so you know like pastoral german backing and such a very european matriarch way of handling a situation of cutting off naughty boys thumbs so uh yeah i thought it was pretty fun i could definitely see it in a movie i know that uh that horrible horror movie insidious used tiny tim and one of its one of the movies in that series used Tiny Tim in the climax, and it was somehow horrifying. And with the similarities, I think it could work in a similar context. But yeah. Oh, that's cool. brilliant. Uh, I, I I could definitely see. I mean, they've run out of all. They've done every other Purge movie, so I could definitely see Purge and Lederhosen coming next. Hell yeah! Uh, I all right, Billy. Anything to wrap it up? Uh, Fishy pretty much uh, summed it up pretty well to me. Um, I, I think that this was like definitely a great uh, pick for encompassing that um uh that like kind of sillier um like jaunty horror track that you'd hear like the like the the Frankenstein um kind of uh thing that you might hear while you're waiting in the carnival and walking around um I I definitely liked that the um 
the the lyrics were just um were as like went as dark as they went and um I like how Conrad died at the end. Um and I didn't expect it to go that far, especially with how um you know silly uh lighthearted it, it kept bouncing back. But I uh I think it was a pretty good um pretty good for what it was. It was very fun. Well, thank you. I hope it it did the the spirit of honor, Halloween Conrad's justice. I'm gonna go fuck me in my sleep. I'm super spooked. Or the big tall tailor, you know, one or the other. So, uh, Laz, on a scale of of uh, one to ten, how many nightmares are you having tonight? Um, After this whole show, I might have four, but I, I will probably only remember one. And it's one where I'm chased through the vents by a maniac demon clown. Well, at least yeah. it's the good one. And then uh, at some point I just like get exhausted and I crumple up into a heap in the middle of the pipe. And uh, the uh, demon clown gets really close to me. And... Um, he um i'm i'm like trying to be totally silent i'm playing dead at this point but um he hears me breathing but uh when he hears uh in response to my breathing he says why are you crying and then i wake up yep that if you wake up before the skeleton man grabs yeah. you and then the parenthetical girls drop a piano on you Alright, that was our Halloween episode of the Music Smoothie. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope we got those uh, those bits of uh, pumpkins uh, all blended up nice for you. There's no seeds left in there. And we poured it straight into your ear canal. And uh, there's, there's some music mixed in. And uh, hopefully it, it blended nice and smooth for you. And everyone got something nice out of that. Uh, I feel like we had a great mix tonight. Um, of uh, songs and genres. And uh, I definitely had a good time. If you guys did. Yeah, I had a time. I had a great time. Of course, of course. Oh, and, um, me too. Thanks again for having me. Princeton, was there something you wanted to plug? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, so uh, Princeton Vice is also the name I use for um, hosting horror shows. Um so if you like creepy Halloween stuff, please check out uh, Prince and Vice Presents. I've got such films in there as the the old silent film of a version of Frankenstein. We've got Vincent Price, my inspiration for Prince and Vice, um, doing Last Man on Earth, um, Curse of the Raidens, and hopefully I'm going to be doing uh, Faust soon. All right, very cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. No, that's it. And yeah, Facebook. All right, Twitter. very that's cool, very cool. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, have a good one, guys, and remember to bury your fucking dead. <laughs> uh, whatever. Or recycle. Wouldn't that be composting? <laughs> yeah, you you can burn corpses as long as you don't do it in front of my house. I get hungry. <laughs> <laughs>
Someone's got to eat. All right, guys, that's the show. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on your podcast provider of choice. And uh, if you like what we do and you'd like us to record more frequently and uh, consistently, uh, please uh, consider donating to us on Patreon. And uh, if you want to, like, uh, email us anything, like uh, song picks or, uh, you know, any uh, uh, opinions, uh, comments, questions, concerns, uh, our email is uh, themusicsmoothie at gmail.com. And uh, all of our uh, music is uh, fair use under the um, uh, media criticism clause of fair use. And I hope you guys have a, a, a great whatever, day, morning, evening, late at night, 3 a.m., and you, you feel like you're about to die, but this is the only thing keeping you sane. Okay. Have a good one. Like this, not like one.